1: Welcome to Dr. Mara Carpell and Your Golden Years this evening and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time and at 6 p.m. Eastern Time right here on blogtalkradio.com and on Maricarpel.com and also now on Apple Podcasts. And today is Sunday, April the 19th and we're back live in isolation um, in beautiful Austin, Texas. And I hope that you're all staying safe wherever you are. Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment, producer of this program, is here with us making the show run smoothly as usual. And we have another great program in store for you this evening. In a little while after the break, we'll be joined. by by Reverend Gujan Bergman, who is also in isolation somewhere here in the Austin area, and he'll be joining me to discuss finding peace in the eye of this pandemic storm, and also the benefits of avoiding the urge to deny what's going on. So that should be a very interesting discussion. And then later in the program, we'll be speaking with one of our friends, musician Betty Navas, who's been on the show many times, and she's going to fill us in on what she's been up to while sheltering in place in L.A., and we'll play some of her music. And along the way, I'll discuss a little bit more about living the passionate life during a pandemic and finding our optimism in the midst of it all, even while not denying the situation, as Dr. As Reverend Bergman will be talking about. And throughout this evening's program, we will have time to take your questions. So if you have any questions or comments for me or for my guests, please feel free to give a call. The toll free number is eight five five three four five four seven two zero. That's eight five five three four five forty seven twenty. Or you can email your questions to me, and I will read them on the air to my guests. My email address is Dr. Mara. That's D R M A R A at Dr. drmaraarpel dot com. D R M A R A K A R P E L dot com. And if you do have a question for one of my guests, please be sure to call or email while they're still on the air so they can answer your questions. And you can hear this evening's program again by going to my website, and the link to the podcast will be posted along with all of the website links given by my guests later this evening, and that's drmaricorpel.com. You can also hear the podcast in as soon as five minutes after the show ends by going to Radio, B-L-O-G, talkradio.com, Slash your golden ears. and also you can hear it by going to Apple Podcasts after the program. And again, that link is on my website on the post about this program. And for information from previous programs and to listen to previous programs, um, find out more about my book, read my blog, watch videos, all of that good stuff. You can go to my website drmarikharpell.com and you can also hear all of the previous programs that we've done here on blog talk radio for the last six years by going to blog talk radio b-l-o-g talk radio.com slash your golden years and also that is also on apple Podcasts. it goes all the way back six years and for information about future shows and upcoming events, and whenever I post a blog, you can follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mara Your Golden Years. And if this is the first time that you're tuning in, I'm a licensed psychologist from New York City practicing here in Austin, Texas, and I work with adults of all ages and have a specialty of working with seniors and with caregivers, and for the past few years, I've been evaluating veterans. And if you want to contact me, if you have a question or something that you think I should know about, um, you can send me an email to Dr. Mara at com, or you can go through my website and click on contact. This evening's program is produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by Dr. Ronald DeVere, neurologist, memory specialist, and author of the book. Memory Loss, Everything You Want to Know But Forget to Ask. To make an appointment with Dr. DeVere at his memory clinic in Lakeway, Texas, or to purchase a copy of his book, you can call him at 512-261-7909 or send him an email to rdevere, that's R-D-E-V-E-R-E at austin.rr.com. And his book is also available on Amazon. And this evening's program is also sponsored by StoryHouse. StoryHouse gathers your stories and turns them into multimedia collections that can be shared now and for generations to come. Have StoryHouse over to conduct a private interview in your home or invite them to your next big event or family reunion. StoryHouse, where your memories live. Find out more at yourstoryhouse.com or call 512-296-752. Okay, we're going to take a brief break. Um, Don't go anywhere. It's going to be very brief. We're going to play some of our sponsors' commercials. And when we come back, we'll be joined from right here in Austin, uh, Reverend Good John Bergman, to talk about finding peace in the eye of the pandemic storm. And avoiding our urge to deny the danger. So don't go anywhere, we'll be right back.
0: Super psychologist Dr. Mara Carpel will be back after words from our sponsors. Please visit us on the web at www.drmarikarpel.com.
1: All right, and we are back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Marikarpel and your golden ears, right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmarikarpel.com. And now joining us from right here in Austin, we have Reverend John Bergman also joining us from isolation. Welcome, Reverend Bergman. Thank you, Mara. Glad to be with you. Um, so glad to have you. And um, you might, I don't know if you have this show on, on on another device, but there's a little bit of an echo. You might want to turn that down. Um,
2: if it's, if it's I do haunted. not. I just have it. Well,
1: Okay, okay. maybe I'll, it's just the phone. I'll turn it down <laughs> a little bit, see if that works. Okay. So, um, and there's a little bit of a delay just to remind you when we speak like this. So, how are you this evening? Uh,
2: I'm well, thank you. Uh, we're just taking it one day at a time here at the uh, Bergman Family Household. And, and uh, you know, everybody's settling in for the long run of homeschooling and
1: uh-huh. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm so glad that you were able to make it to this program because I really enjoyed your blog about the situation that we're going through and, and dealing with it, and it, they, they really spoke to me. So um, I would love to speak about those. But before we get to that, um, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your background, who you are and what you do? Well, you know, um,
2: I was born in in Reykjavik, Iceland in uh, 1972, lived there for most of my life until we found out, and this is a long story, so I'm not going to get into that, but we found out that my wife had actually been a a U.S. citizen from birth without knowing it. Uh, Oh, wow. So we packed our bags back in 2010 and and headed out here. Uh, Ended in Texas because... uh, That's where we found her family, which nobody had spoken to for 50 years, so we wanted to kind of reconnect with them. Uh, So that's another long story. (laughs) Uh, Uh My background, yeah. So I was a yoga teacher. I've been a yoga teacher since 1998. I ran my own studio back in Iceland. Uh, Then when my son was born, I realized that that would kind of – I I was – not seeing him, (laughs) because I was working in the evenings and and weekends, so I decided to Mm -hmm. move over to public speaking and writing more uh, back then, Uh, and that's pretty much what I've been doing ever since, a combination of uh, public speaking, writing, teaching yoga, meditation, uh, and taking care of my kids, and Mm -hmm. in 2016, I entered uh, all faiths seminary in New York and was ordained uh-huh. an interfaith minister in 2017.
1: Okay. All right. And so you, um, I understand that you perform weddings and, and yeah, things of that sort as a minister. been
2: on um, improved relations. So in uh, 2018, I founded a, a small organization called Harmony Interfaith Initiative Uh, And I've been working with the uh, Charter for Compassion. We've done uh, Mm -hmm. workshops, online workshops worldwide. I've also spoken at numerous um, uh, places of worship here in Austin and and the surrounding area about what I call co-human harmony, finding ways to reconnect to our shared humanity instead of uh, always obsessing over our ideological divides. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems like a topic that's really important right now.
2: (laughs) Well, and and the interesting thing that this pandemic is offering us a shared experience, that everybody's going through the same thing at the same time, uh, and that's a very human experience. It's not ideological per se, even though some of the reactions to it may be, but the experience itself Mm -hmm. is very, uh, you know, a shared human experience. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: So, so why don't we talk about that? You know, I was really, you know, moved by uh, these two blogs in particular because they're very timely right now. Um, and I, I really had a very strong resonance to the, the blog that you wrote about the many faces of denial because I personally, have come across many people who deny that this virus exists or that it's contagious or that it is as it is or is it dangerous as it is. And, um, and, and they've come, you know, they've all come from different places, like different ways of denying it. Which you know, mm-hmm. I have uh, some one friend who said, "Well, if you just love everybody and you just emanate love, then you can't catch a virus." Um, or people have said, "Well, if you're eating right and you're staying healthy, then then you're you're okay." Or or just that it's not that bad. And so um, and it's disheartening, especially because I'm from New York and I have a lot of family and friends there who are who are dealing with trauma right now, frankly, because Absolutely. it's, it's yeah. really hit very hard there. Yeah. So, and you touched on all of that in this blog, and, and maybe we can talk about that. Sure. So um, <clears throat> the initial kind of my response
2: came from reading an article that uh, had the title, We're All Grieving Right Now. Uh, and that mm-hmm. brought me back to the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross Five Stages of, of Grief. Uh, and I realized that, you know, a lot of us are still in the first stage of denial. And I started thinking about, you know, what is the benefit of denial? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I'm under the assumption or I operate under the assumption that, that, you know, human beings are not stupid per se and that no human being can be 100% wrong all the time so that there's a reason (laughs) why we do certain things, right?
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And so, Mm -hmm. you know, as I see it, the the first stage of denial in in the grief process is a a, a psychological kind of defense mechanism, and it's meant to soften the blow of bad news. And and, and we all do it to some, uh, you know, degree. Uh, The problem is right now, of course, is that, uh, you know, this is... uh, that that if we get stuck in denial, the the pandemic is going to get much, much, much worse. So what would Mm -hmm. normally just be something I wouldn't even write about or talk about, uh, I just realized that people are using these different uh, approaches, depending on their belief system, depending on their preferences, uh, and subtly denying that the virus is a problem as a way to deal with, their uh, fears and their anxieties, uh, or, or to somehow strengthen their belief system. Uh, and, you know, my point was that we can't afford to stay there very long, but it's also very normal and natural that this is happening and we can't get too angry at people who are doing this (laughs) because that quite frankly is not going to help them get through it quicker. Right. Uh, but, mm-hmm. it, but it is something that is worth talking about, worth noticing. And even, you know, there's another idea that I find interesting that our faults are really our, uh, uh, you know, the, the good things we do at a, at a too high volume, so to speak. Like, So you turn up, uh, you know, attention to detail uh, and, and you become an obsessive nitpicker, right? And it's, it's the same uh, thing that you're doing, but it's just you're doing too much of it. So a lot of these things that people are doing to deny uh, what's going on would be normal things. Uh, you know, it's a normal thing to focus on your health and focus on what you want to eat and, and focus on all the uh, uh, vitamins you can take, and it's a normal thing to want to strengthen your immune system and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But there is a degree when you kind of go over the line and and. Uh, you know, good intentions become uh, you know, d- denialism. It's p- pretending to be virus-proof. It's not the same thing. Uh, right. As, as, uh, you know, so, so it's, it's a degree of uh, belief that you go into, and again, there's nothing wrong with going into denial, it, it, it being extremely positive about something, or, or, or focusing really hard on exercise and diet, or or really, uh, you know, delving into faith and prayer. All those things are good things in and of themselves. But when they cause us to behave in a way that's really bad for uh, all the people around us, that's when we have to kind of step back and say, you know what? Uh, denial, we, it's natural, it's normal, but we probably shouldn't stay here too long. Uh, and we need to find a way to move on from denial mm-hmm. and, and tackle the rest of the grief process and everything else that comes with it. I mean, this is not easy stuff.
1: Right, right. Um, you know, and you wrote a really interesting, that you started off with the positivity and thankfulness because I know that a lot of people, and I noticed it myself, right, that I started talking about all the wonderful things that you can do while, we're, while you're isolated at home. That was kind of denying that people who are really struggling, whether it's because they you know they don't they're not making any money or because they're sick or they have family members who are sick, or even that we're worried ourselves about family members who might get sick, right? Um, you know, mm-hmm. elderly family members or people who live in a high an area that has more I mean, everywhere you go, you can catch it. So I I hate to say an area that has more of it than other areas, because even right here in Austin, people are saying, oh, you can't catch it here. There isn't that much, but actually there's a lot more than people are willing to believe. Um, Well, again,
2: very very natural response to want to be hopeful and positive. Uh, So Mm -hmm. one of the things that I was suggesting both in that article and in in a previous article I wrote was that we find ways to temper our positivity with uh, realism and compassion, right? Uh, that mm-hmm. you know, positivity is is you know one of the reasons why the human race is so adaptable and mm-hmm. always looking for the best way, and, and, and so uh, and and you know we're such uh, we're so ingenious, right? We're always figuring out stuff and finding ways to fix things. And that's, that's all because of hopefulness and positivity, right? Right. Uh, but but uh, I talk about the word tempering also. Tempering means to strengthen something. And so you strengthen positivity. You strengthen your ability to be positive and to be hopeful when you include elements such as realism, is accepting things as they are, not as you wish they were, and then working at the best, towards the best possible outcome. That would be a positive realism. Uh, and then uh-huh. with compassion, right, which is looking at the world from a number of perspectives and then acting accordingly. Uh, you know, for example, if I walk a mile in somebody's shoes and then I realize, oh, his shoes hurt a lot, that would be empathy. <laughs> if, I, if, if, right. if I then bought him a new pair of shoes because I realized, hey, that, those shoes hurt a lot, that's compassion. So it's turning empathy into action, at least how we talk about it here at Harmony and uh, is to, to mm-hmm. that compassion is the action we take because we've seen things from a number of perspectives. And so it's really right. when we're being really positive about something, it can be, you know, border on cruelty. I, I hate to use that word, but it can border yeah. on cruelty when we when yeah. we are oblivious to the pain of other people and just basking in the positivity of how great this is, right?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, I, was just, I just read an article that was going around the Internet that was uh, an anonymous author talking about how we are all in the same storm, but we're not all in the same boat. Yeah. And so some people are having a hard – some people are on a luxury liner and some people are in a, a rowboat that they're barely able to keep uh, afloat. So – Having compassion, as you said, is being aware of that and not just assuming everybody is in the same situation that we are. Absolutely.
2: Being aware of our fortunate position and see if we can uh, do something to help others in a subtle way, even if if the only thing we're doing is staying home. Uh, And that's another thing. I I, I feel like people are misunderstanding the whole staying at home thing, like they're protecting themselves. They're protecting the vulnerable population. Uh, right. And, and, you know, and so it's and like wearing mask It doesn't protect you. It protects other people from your, uh, you know, uh, right. From your mouth, right. Right. So, right.
4: Right. Uh,
2: yeah. I was really thinking about this the other day about like I grew up in Iceland and I watched a lot of American movies and the American spirit was always no man left behind. I mean, that was kind of the whole thing that, willing to do anything. And maybe it was, you know, because it was some of them were war movies and stuff, but it was still, it was this thing we're bringing everybody along because everybody counts, every single life counts. Uh, And and when people are denying the virus, I feel like they're willing and they're strong and they're healthy and they're financially stable and all that. I feel like they're willing to sacrifice other people for their own benefit. It's not like they're sacrificing themselves. That just seems very un-American to me. Mm -hmm,
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think that's what, what makes it so disheartening is we you know, because you know, we all believe that too. I don't know if it was really true. I don't know if it was Hollywood. <laughs> but, you know, I know, I know.
2: But 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 we people, all, we all of, believe there, that. There there's there is such a thing as the American spirit. I mean there is such yeah. a thing as uh, yeah. And so I really still believe it's there. I mean, I've seen more evidence of that. Uh, of, of the compassion of you know it's been really heartening to see that the apocalypse so so to, so to speak, has been filled with more compassion and, and, and acts of love uh, than anything else, and that's been very mm-hmm. uh, you know in midst of all this suffering that's been a, a real light for me to see how people are reacting most yeah. you know, in the general
1: sense yeah, especially those I, I, people I, I, on the front lines. And I have to agree that, well, yeah, definitely the people on the front lines, of, they're, they're just amazing. They're risking their own lives to, and their families' lives to save people. Um, but I think that even though a lot of people are grumbling about ha- having to stay home, I'm pretty amazed at how many people are actually staying home. Absolutely, and, and,
2: and, and it's more than 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 not, and and people are really taking this seriously.
1: Right, right. So, I guess uh, here's a question for you. Um, yes. What What do you say to somebody who says? Well, you're being very negative, and that's why you're, you know, you're, you know, you're going to get sick. But I believe in love, and and that's going to, you know, protect. If you believe in love, it'll protect you. How do you? Well, you're 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 a minister. How do you deal with that?
2: <laughs> that's a good question, Mara. And and you know, I have this. Uh, uh, I'll quote Dale Carnegie for this one. Uh, I, I will say, he said, a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still, uh, which means that mm-hmm. there's no convincing anybody who believes anything. So it's not my place to tell them that they're wrong. But maybe, you know, maybe I'll ask them, would you consider from another perspective or something? But once it's in the, in the point where you're, what you're saying is that you're going to get sick because you're negative, uh, there's not much I can say at that point, uh, except, you know, just show them that I I care for them and and I show them compassion, you know.
1: Right, right. And
2: that's it. There's there's not much that I can do at any point to change a belief system uh, because that takes years to mold. Uh, And so that's not going to change in an instant. But people may be, uh, you know, uh, may run into the boundaries of their belief systems uh, in, in a place uh-huh. like this, and, and have to kind of reckon with that at some point. Right, right.
1: So now, you know. So now, let's say we do accept this is the reality, and it's not all wonderful. It's not all positive. There's there's pain. Um, how do we find uh, that that Place in the eye of the storm, as you put it, where we're where we're at. peace we're peaceful in spite of what's happening.
2: Well, let's first explain why I use that metaphor. Uh, I've been using mm-hmm. this metaphor since I started teaching meditation back in the late '90s, uh, and I find it such a powerful visual metaphor because uh, I, everybody can envision the eye of the storm. Of course, thanks to modern technology that we can actually see pictures of what it looks like and all that. And so the idea uh-huh. is that there is a central aspect in every single human being. And this has been shown to be true in, in the experiential uh, arts, let's say, the mystic arts, in and, and most of the uh, religions of the world. Uh, and and as, as a student of, of most all of them, I, I have to say that there, there is this central concept of finding inner peace. Uh, which means that it's within everybody. It's not something we have to go out and find somewhere else or it's going to be given to us by somebody else. It's already within. Uh, But the point with a storm is that the storm is everything in us and around us that changes all the time. So the storm is our thoughts and our emotions and our actions and our physical sensations and our home and our kids and our community and the world news and the COVID outbreak and all that, that's all the storm. And so the, mm-hmm. the way to recognize the storm is to look for things that keep changing, right? So if it changes, it's the storm. That's the kind of central yeah. concept. in that. So if it's, you know, so that you say, is, is my mind a part of the storm? Yes. Cause it's always changing, right? So are my emotions a part of the storm? Yes. Cause they're always changing and so on and so forth. Same thing with the outside world. Of course, it's always changing. So that's the only constant in the outside world. It continually changes. And so Mm -hmm. the idea with this metaphor is to say, okay, if everything is always changing, I need a break from that every now and then. (laughs) Uh I need a break. And so I can either numb myself. Uh, through some activities, or I can figure out and find a way to uncover the peace that is already within uh, and and go into that. And that's through relaxation, meditation, and other forms of practice. Uh, And this has been, again, shown throughout history to be a valid approach to dealing with difficult situations and to dealing with yourself, really, to dealing with all that. Now, the other part of the metaphor that I find interesting is that even though you find the eye of the storm, which I, I do through meditation, some people do through prayer and contemplative practices and uh, walking and running, and people have different approaches, right? But they find that uh-huh. the center within themselves that where they find peace, calm, expansiveness, openness, uh, you know, and, and they feel at peace. Uh, but once you've found that, that doesn't mean that you ever stay that way. So long as you're alive, you always go back out into the storm. Uh, and I think that's right. missing from a lot of people, right? Is that the storm that doesn't stop even though you find the eye of the storm. It just gives you a brief, uh, you know, break from the storm. Uh, you know, living, growing up in Iceland, Iceland is very, very, very windy <laughs> and rainy.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs>
2: and so, and so, you know, walking home from school done some days, there, there was sideways wind and hail and my face was battered when I came in. And mm-hmm. I, when I finally got through the door at home, I just, oh, it's such a break to get in from the storm. And that's really the feeling that you cultivate with, with a practice like meditation, I find, is that, you know, you get, get a break. But then you dress back up and you go back out and you regenerated something, you re-energized. And you go back up, but if you never get a break from the storm, it will just beat you down and and it'll, right. it'll get increasingly harder to be in the storm continuously you know it can be a a, a breeze and then a, you know storm winds but it's, there's always some movement uh, and that's kind of mm-hmm. where I come in with this metaphor and I think it's important mm-hmm. that the second part of the metaphor is as important as the first part recognizing this yes, that there is a peace and it is within, and I can unveil it and I can find it. But then I always, always have to return to the storm as long as I live. Uh, and and that's, that, that's an equally beneficial way to use the metaphor, uh, to not start, start expecting that the life is going to be easy or, or it's all going to you know, go my way because I meditate.
1: But it sounds like, from what you're saying, you're, you're more resilient
2: because of it. You're able to handle it better. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's
2: just the, the same way I'm, I'm better able to handle you know, the weather, if I get a break, (laughs) if I can go in and and get a break, I can go back out and fight my way through the rain and sleep (laughs)
3: Mm
1: -hmm. and all that again Mm
2: -hmm. at a later time. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Right. Okay. Wow. This is great. Uh, I, you know, there's so much to talk about. I would love to have you back on the program sometime to talk some more because you, you know, I really love the things that you're discussing and things that you write Thank about. You. I would like that. Uh, yeah. So if if listeners are interested in finding out more about you and and if they're in the yoga in the Austin area taking a yoga class or um, finding out about your um, couples work or 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 ordering your books. It looks like you've written several books. Um, yeah, I've got
2: about 25 books under the belt right now, so yes. Definitely.
1: Yeah,
3: that's,
2: that's great. <laughs> great. I've done a bit of writing there. Uh, yeah, so, so you can find me at uh, interfaithrev.com, uh, and that's also my Twitter handle, interfaithrev. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've I'm, I'm got books, I've got music that I'm creating, both relaxation and, and kind of uh,
3: you
2: know, pop music. I, I wrote an album on... Uh, Inspired by the poems of Rumi, Uh, I I'm uh, I'm not teaching yoga anywhere at the time being. Of course, I think none of my yoga yoga teacher friends are because everybody is staying at home. Right. Everybody's doing it online. Uh, I will be. I I do have a blog on Medium, and I plan to uh, give. I I wrote a a book called Baby Steps to Meditation, where I outline kind of a step-by-step approach to get yourself ready physically, mentally, and then what to do uh, uh, back in 2014. I'm going to kind of just give all the elements of that book on my Medium blog uh, in the near future now. And and so that's something that people can look out for if they're looking for a simple, uh, you know, approach that, that does not go by a certain philosophy, but you can incorporate your own philosophy or or belief system into that approach. Uh, mm-hmm. So that, that'll something to look out for. But all of that information and more is on my website, com.
1: Okay, and I'll be posting that um, on my website post about this show later tonight. So um, people can go Thank there you. and they can just click on it um, later. Thank you so much for being on the program. And um, I look forward to... Speaking with you some more, and absolutely, and stay, I would love that. Stay you. safe.
2: You too.
1: All right. Have a good evening. Bye bye. Bye. All right. We're going to take a very brief break. Um, we have a lot more to come, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
0: Doctor mara's book, The Passionate Life: Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Merrick Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. Please visit us on the web at www.drmerrickharpell.com.
1: All right, we're back. Already. <laughs> and if you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years on blogtalkradio.com and on com. And now before um, Betty Navas, our musician, joins us for this evening, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, finding your passion in the midst of of this pandemic, but also just a little bit of news. If you haven't noticed, if you um, didn't join us last week, uh, we have cut down the time of the show to be approximately one hour so that we can fit into a national type of platform for this program. So we are, um, we just started that last week, and so it sounds like we're. Moving a little faster, that's why. Also, starting in May, we're going to have Ruben and Minerva, who are twins, and they live in the Bandadas Bay area of Mexico, near Puerto Vallarta. And, um, in fact, their mother was the manager of the restaurant that Art used to own in Punta Mita, Mexico. And they're going to be filling us in on what's happening uh, with the expatriates and the uh, retirees down in that area of Mexico, which is near the Pacific coast. So we're looking forward to that. Um I wanted to talk a little bit about realistic optimism during a pandemic. And it's sort of um I, I think it dovetails on what Reverend Bergman was talking about. So it's it's being positive with eye on reality. So <laughs> So you can't be completely lost in your positivity and deny, uh, dangerously deny a situation that is dangerous if you don't take the per- proper precautions. Um, but then once you do that, and once you are doing what you need to do, and you're controlling what you need to control, then it's it's important to find ways to be positive in addition to the meditation. That's one way. Um, Finding your center, as Dr. Bergman talked about, is one way of um, being positive, finding um, some relief from the storm. But I think it's really uh, important to find some ways to be positive. Otherwise, uh, people get restless and it's impossible then to accept reality. If you become negative, um, then you want to deny reality. You want to do whatever you can to deny it, or you want to, and you want to leave the house, and you want to do the things that make it more dangerous, not just for yourself, but as uh, Reverend Bergman was talking about, for the more vulnerable people in our community. I mean, we're not just doing this for us. And that should feel really good, that by staying home, that's one way of being positive. Knowing that we are all connected, and one one but one one way that you are really helping people, the most important way right now, that you are being a hero, staying home. I mean, it's 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 pretty incredible that just by staying home and not going out and being around people, that you are um, creating more safety for elderly people in your community or people who have more um, compromised immune systems. Um, Or some people, we don't even know why they're hit so hard hard by this virus while other people aren't. But, you know, you're doing your part to not only keep yourself safe, but keep them safe. And that's pretty incredible, and you should pat yourself on the back for that. Um, You should feel really good about it. And it's not easy to stay home for this long, but you're doing a wonderful thing, and that's one way of staying positive is to really notice what you're doing and and be proud of it. Um, you know being optimism is not believing that everything is rainbows and unicorns, um, or even that you'll overcome whatever challenge that you're faced with because, you know, let's face it, sometimes there are challenges that you can't overcome. Um, It's also not necessarily, I mean, I don't believe in the cliche that everything happens for a reason. Some people do. That's a matter of perspective. I'm not going to put that down. But you don't have to believe that in order to be a realistic optimist. My optimism, which I consider realistic optimism, is the belief that we can make, we can make the conscious choice to take a challenging situation or even a dire situation and we can make a determination, an inner determination to create value from it. So it's not that the situation in itself is really valuable and it was given to us for a reason and all these wonderful things. But we can decide that we're going to take the situation, we're going to create value from it. And that, that's what happens when people um, uh, encounter tragedy in their lives or really, really difficult situations that they didn't expect and and most people would say, Wow, you know, what you know, how did you get through that? Well, the people who really got through it and we they become who become these really transformed people who come out and teach and and inspire us are people who made that determination that somehow I don't know how. You don't necessarily have to know how. At the time, but somehow I am going to turn this into something of value that I can create value from it to help other people and to appreciate my life more. You know, we hear stories about people who came very close to death in their lives and afterwards they turned it into something really incredible. Um, People have lost, you know, children, one of the hardest things. To deal with in life and they, you know, the, those people who um, have become the most resilient are those people who turned it into something positive like the Mothers Against Drunk Driving who lost their children to drunk drivers and then turned it into a movement to stop drunk driving and, and we can do that with this situation as well. We can turn this very difficult situation. some people it's not as difficult. they have money and you know they're comfortable and they have a they're healthy and everything is fine it's just annoying and for some people it's really, really difficult um, They're either having difficulty you know making ends meet or they're or they're sick or they have family members who are sick or they're just for their family members um there are areas where it's very hard to avoid this virus, like place big cities like New York City and, and New Orleans, very difficult. And so people are really struggling. But to take that situation and decide, you know, I'm going to somehow turn this into something valuable. I'm going to use this time to figure out what my priorities are. What's really important to me? What do I want to let go of when the situation is over and we get back to quote unquote normal life, um, if you can call it that? What do I, what, what don't I really want to get back to? What can I let go of? And what do I really want when I do get back to it? And what's important? Maybe you discover in this time that health. Is important And that your family's health Is the most important thing Um, And everything else is just secondary Um, You know I mentioned Doing what you can do to stay safe And this is a good time For the serenity prayer Which is grant me the serenity To change the things I cannot change The courage to change the things I can And the wisdom to know the difference We know that we can't change with this virus, but we can do things to help to help ourselves stay safe and to help people in our community stay safe by staying home, washing our hands when we go out. If we have to go shopping, wear a mask. And um, and then again, as I said, give yourself a pat on the back and know that you are doing something really wonderful for people in your community. And then having gratitude, having gratitude um, if you're healthy for your health and for the health of your family members and knowing that you are enough and you have enough, um, whatever it is, and, um, you know, the more you have, the more it's, it's good to feel grateful for that. And that helps to increase your um, positive mood and your ability to just keep going and to stay realistically optimist, optimistic. And, um, you know, find meaning. Be generous. Do something to help somebody else. Call someone on the phone who you know is lonely Um Go to the store for some, for an elderly person in your neighborhood who can't do their own shopping. Um, you know, doing something, donate to a food bank. Doing something that helps other people will help you to feel good and help you to be positive. Um, you know, I've talked about that before, that when we are generous to other people, we immediately have a chemical reaction that improves our mood. And um, the more we do that, the more resilience we'll create and the more positive we can be during this time. And, um, you know, find things to laugh about because that's another way of creating a positive mood. And just know that this situation is temporary. It's not going to go on forever. Um, The more patient that we can be, Right now, the quicker we'll be able to get out and move around. Um, if we try to do it too soon, we're going to be stuck back in our houses because um, we'll increase the spread of the virus. So be patient. Find things that you can do at home that you love. And, um, and you know feel good that you're doing that. And that you know this is a really great thing that we're all doing that, to help each other. All right, so on that note, uh, we're going to listen to the music of our next guest, Betty Navis, who will be joining us on the phone in just a few moments from LA. So let's listen to her music and then we'll be right back. <laughs> All right, and we are back, and we were just listening to the music of our next guest who is joining us on the phone from isolation in L.A., mm-hmm. uh, Betty Navas. How are you? Hi, Dr.
4: Carpell. How are you?
1: I'm doing I'm okay. Great. I
4: am good. Good to Good to hear. I know these are unprecedented times.
1: Yes, yes. So...
4: it's good to have you
1: back on the program, Um, and maybe we can talk about what you've been up to It's How long has it been, like a month?
4: Yeah, Yeah, close to it. Um, I've been, uh, the song that you just played, I was working on that. Um, I had a lot of uh, different parts to it, and I'm kind of a homebody. So for me, my life hasn't changed that much.
3: Mm-hmm. I know it has
4: for a lot of people, um, but I I do tend to stay at home a lot, and I got some software, and I you know write music on it, and I often spend time at home doing that. I I am kind of a homebody, so mm-hmm. I uh, I know it's it can be tough to be quarantined, and L. A. has been on a lockdown for a few at least a few mm-hmm. weeks. I remember the right. announcement yeah um I haven't been um out much at all, except to do essential shopping like groceries and I, but right. that's pretty much it right. um i've been at yeah just at home go on mhm oh, no, I was just going to say I've just been at home uh writing music um i I do miss going to the gym, so what I've been doing there is i there's on youtube there's people who've posted um, exercises you can do at home. So I follow Mm -hmm. along with those, you know, I do look forward to going to the gym when on the other end of the uh, lockdown. Because going to the gym keeps me... Go ahead, mm -hmm. go ahead.
1: Well, I was going to say, I think for creative people like yourself, um mm-hmm. who you know create at home it, it as you said it's really not that much different it's probably a lot easier for you than it would be for somebody somebody else um it's really great that you're able to do that at home
4: yeah it's true i um and you know like the the song you just played for example I mm-hmm. I get on my um, software, and I arrange things, and, you know, I write synth parts, I write guitar parts, and uh, I worked on a guitar part yesterday, and it takes, like, hours just to get something that I think is kind of okay to add, you know, and you got the mixing uh-huh. thing you arrange, that just takes hours and hours, and... Um, time will just go right, zip by as I'm doing it. So it right. hasn't felt, so I don't really, like for me, I feel um, grateful that I don't feel a sense of isolation, even though I am isolated because mm-hmm. I live by myself, but I have a home studio. So right. I, I'm at, I'm at my computer, you know, I the, I have a setup where I have a monitor and a keyboard stand and the monitors on the keyboard stand, and I have a MIDI keyboard aside from the guitars that I have and I have a little home mm-hmm. studio where I have my amps set up and the guitars and um, when I sit down and write some music depending on if I'm inspired to write on guitar or keyboard i'll it'll just take up uh, a lot of time and I won't really notice mm-hmm. I don't I haven't noticed. Isolation, like, and I, I know That's that could be a, a big thing. Um, it, it is interesting, so, though. Um, go ahead.
1: No, I was going to go ask ahead. you about the song mm-hmm. that you wrote while you were yeah, while you were home.
4: So it's uh, the song is about a uh, relationship I had at, which didn't work out, um, and I actually used their recording, the, um, the "What Are You Doing" part. It's actually from a voicemail.
3: <laughs> and I took,
4: yeah, it, and it was just something they used to always say. And um, so I took the a clip from the voicemail and I ran it through uh-huh. a filter and um, I put it in the song. But the, the song is about um, freeing yourself mentally. So what I mean by that mm-hmm. is um, I, felt, um, I felt like in that relationship I got the short end of the stick. I felt like I made more effort than they did. And at the mm-hmm. time, while I was writing it, I felt that um, breaking the chain was a metaphor for feeling still mentally attached. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to break the attachment. And the way I ended up doing that uh, later was by totally forgiving and totally being in the place like, you know, this happened. It I felt hurt, but I forgive this person And and when I Mm -hmm. genuinely came to that place of genuine forgiveness and compassion, you know, Uh because we all have our stages in life that we go through, and sometimes we're not always on our best behavior. And when you can look at it from that angle, from the bigger picture point of view, that um, you can come from a place of forgiveness and compassion,
3: Mm -hmm.
4: um, then I came to peace with it. And oddly enough, when I did, um, they ended up contacting me and they gave me a friendly, you know, hi, how are you doing? Hope all is well. It was nothing extensive, but I, I kind of realized that forgiveness was really the way to go to break that mental yeah. Hook, yeah. hook I had. Because for a long time, I, I, I had a hard time forgiving and letting go just because um, – right i think I think when your feelings are are so raw and hurt, it takes time, but it's not just time. I felt like um and I read this recently too. There's an article I forget the name of the article now because I just been of course being at home, I have more time to read articles online uh,
3: uh-huh.
4: but there was an interesting article about reframing the past in order to move on
3: mm-hmm. and
4: and not just relying on the time, you know, because you know right. how time heals your your past hurts and regrets and things like that. But when you reframe the past to realize that this was probably the best outcome, and then moving okay. forward from that point of view. So right, that was my, that's what my song was about. But it it was a good um, learning experience because I realized that compassion, compassion and forgiveness went such a long way in breaking the mm-hmm. chain more than anything mm-hmm. because the yeah. uh the energy of the um the hurt and upset um it just had a hold on me for a while
1: and sure. and that I'm sure that is really
4: can-
1: yeah it's a really common the, theme <laughs> yeah. yeah And
4: for me that's what it was
1: yep so Betty, we're going to play the next song that you sent which mm-hmm. is maybe a little bit different. It's Love Bomb. Yes. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so
1: let's let's play that song and then we'll come right back, okay? Sure. Thank you. Okay. Uh, yeah 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 maybe it's not so different in theme from the first one
4: <laughs> it's it's not it was um I wrote the song, I was kind of conflicted about that same relationship, and it was about the conflict of it because on one hand i I knew that it might not really um amount to a long term Relationship, but on but but on the other hand, it was a relationship I really wanted to be in. So it was like that conflict right. was there. Right, right.
1: So so Betty, I um I'm told that um, that you are now playing more jazz. Is yeah. that true?
4: That's true. I um I started playing um, some jazz guitar and. It was for, you know, it's because I love to explore different genres. Like I'll,
3: mm-hmm.
4: really, I'm really into it. So I, um, I think I'm getting better at it. It's like it's kind of a whole different switch. You know, you go from yeah, I would imagine. Genre. Yeah, I go from mm-hmm. one, rock, you know, rock genre to a pop genre, and to another genre. I just had to get totally used to. Um, playing, uh, not only is it different stylistically, but sound-wise it's different. You're not using, like, distortion and sound effects. You're not using Mm -hmm. much of that at all. You know, you're just basically just really focused on getting um, the improv and getting the right sound for, you know, the chords you're using, Uh chord extensions, Uh and playing with... um, i- i play, and playing with different kinds of really good jazz players, there's a jazz jam that happens on Monday nights, and I showed up and I played at one i and the players who show up were so good, all of them were just mm-hmm. so amazing, you know, and they just mm-hmm. knew every song you know like I have to go and like you know ahead of time know what song you know, but they you call out any song, and they just know. They just start playing it right away. Wow. And I got really into learning about the jazz greats like Miles Davis. And mm-hmm. um, I, I, I knew who Miles Davis was, and I was vaguely familiar. But I really didn't know until I started um, playing jazz guitar and having to transcribe his um, solos. And uh-huh. you uh-huh. realize how great he really was. So, right. I I I can really appreciate that.
1: Mhm. So so Betty, if if people are interested in in hearing your music, um, or and hearing what you you know any of the new stuff that you might be dropping, um,
3: mm-hmm.
1: how can they do that? How can they download your music and listen to what you're doing?
4: Okay, so I have some music on Spotify. Um, mm-hmm. I uploaded um, the song Fine in Hollywood is on there. Um, okay, and we're going to play that going out tonight. Great, okay. great. Mm-hmm. Fine in Hollywood is a song about living in Hollywood and trying to make it, but it's not necessarily only about living in Hollywood and trying to make it. It's about anybody who has a dream and is trying to make it.
1: Uh uh-huh. And.
4: I originally wrote that song
1: okay.
4: um, as part of a play called Fine in Hollywood. Um, mm-hmm. And currently the, the song's being used. Um, there is a uh, friend of mine who has a YouTube channel. Her name is Dina Six, and she interviews people who are trying to make it in Hollywood. So she plays a uh-huh. clip to my song on her YouTube channel. So oh, that's great. It's getting, yeah, and it's a, it's a cool thing that she kind of, um, you know interviews like you know up and coming artists and actors and things like that so mm-hmm. um, fine in Hollywood is about you know um, just trying to go for your dream whatever that is you know it uh-huh. doesn't matter what your dream is whether it's you're just whatever you want to do it's your dream is in your heart so you follow right. your heart so to speak mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: and then you talk about spotify. on your show okay it's on it's on so spotify on. Yeah. And uh-huh. you mentioned, you know, on your show, finding your purpose. Absolutely. And uh you know, and that's a very important thing for anyone to do is to find their mm-hmm. passion and purpose and their dream, you know. It gives you a sense of um it gives you a sense of passion and purpose for sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. So on
4: Spotify, do they just look up your name?
1: Mhm.
4: Yes, okay. you can find Find in Hollywood under my name, Betty Navas. I okay. also have music uploaded on a site called Number One Music. And the Number One Music site is a site where, you know, independent artists upload their music and share it. It's like a platform to share independent artist mm-hmm. music. So I have three songs on there, and they've been on the charts. You can find, okay. um, yeah, So you can find uh, my songs. I know my songs are on the charts on the local California charts, but they're also uh-huh. on the national pop charts, and it's under the Power Pop category. Um, mm-hmm. If you were to go on the site and look up my name, you could just find it there, and you could hear my songs.
1: And that's numberonemusic.com? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay.
4: I'm also right. on Reverb Nation. Reverb Nation, mm-hmm. so you can find me down there. So I've uploaded, um, I've uploaded my songs on there also.
1: Okay, great. So I'm going to put all of that on my website post about this show, so people can can go there and
4: click on those
1: links, so they can go to your music.
4: Great. Thank you so much for doing that. So. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much for being on the program. And um, I hope that the next time you're on, you can tell us where you're going to be playing.
4: (laughs) Yeah. It'll be a while before concerts can happen again. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I think
4: so.
1: All right. Well, it sounds like people can still hear your music, which is, you know, which is great. And you're still creating more. So that's wonderful. Keep doing that.
4: We need it, thank you so much, Dr. Mara. I know for me, music's been a lifeline you know, mhm really mm-hmm. has you know
1: and um it's I think it's important for it's a lifeline for us to listen to music, so
4: yes, yeah. absolutely. well,
1: you have a wonderful evening or
4: afternoon well, <laughs> yes. It's still afternoon here, but thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, I hope you enjoy, and stay safe. Stay safe to everyone out there. Be healthy. Yes.
1: Yes, same to you. Stay safe. And we'll be speaking to you again soon. Thank you so much, Dr. Moore. Okay. All right. Bye-bye now. Bye. Okay, so before we go off the air and play Betty's last song, just let you know what's going on next week, next Sunday is April 26th, and we'll be back with another show live from here in Austin, Texas. And um, it's not certain yet who my guests will be, but I'm working on getting a psychologist in the New York City area who works in nursing homes in the area, and they're going to be talking about Um, the stress of what's going on with the virus in nursing homes and how to deal with it. And they have some ways of dealing with it. So we're going to work on that. And so stay tuned, find out the name of the psychologist and we'll have more. We always have more as the week goes on added to the content. And if you want to hear tonight's program again and read the information from this show and get the links, from the program and listen to previous programs, et cetera, go to my website, drmaricarpel.com, and you can also hear the program in as soon as five minutes from now by going to blog talk radio b-l-o-g talkradio.com slash your golden years and also on Apple Podcasts. And um, to find out what's coming up, follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mara Carpel, Your Golden Years. This evening's program was produced by Compass Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by neurologist and memory specialist Dr. Ronald Devere, and by Storyhouse. And special thanks to my guests, Reverend Good John Bergman, Betty Navas, and of course, thank you to Art. And thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night and inspiring week. And remember, youth has no age. Good night, everyone. Stay safe. Bye. Bye.
3: I'm huh. a to pay today.